You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. We are in part three of our series, 30 Pieces of Silver. Uh, We've used uh, the story of Judas, the disciple of Jesus, who exchanged Jesus for 30 Pieces of Silver during the Easter story as kind of the jumping off point of uh, what we're talking about and the fact that we all make exchanges. So last week we talked about the pursuit of comfort and the exchanges that we're usually willing to make to try to find comfort, even though we're not called to. If you uh, weren't able to catch that one, you can find that on last week's episode of the podcast. This week we're going to talk about control. And it's something that we desperately want, but something that we actually probably aren't called to have. And the exchanges that we need to make in order to uh, live the life that God has called us to live. So this week, I'd love to look at some healthy exchanges um, that it that we can make that would uh, indicate control isn't our primary objective necessarily. In almost every situation, we would probably prefer to have that control. Um, it's our human nature to want to dictate outcomes. However, we all know that we aren't going to be in control of every situation that we step into. That's simply the reality. Last week, we talked about the fact that God has said that there will be trial in this world, but to take heart, he has overcome the world. I think it's also important that even if we try to be in control, even if God said, hey, I don't need to ever overcome the world, you can try to overcome the world, we couldn't because we're not God. And if we were trying to be in control of too many things, some of us have actually experienced this in our lives. Like if we are trying to be in control of too many things, eventually we're going to fumble the bag, right? Like we're, it's not going to work. It's not going to be something that we can manage because we're human and our capacity is human. It's limited, but he can be in control. So the first exchange that we need to make is this overarching theme of this entire week, and it's this, is that we need to exchange control for surrender. Exchange control for surrender. Surrender isn't a word that a lot of us like to use. It often is seen as giving up. When someone surrenders, it is them admitting that they have been defeated. But when when it comes in the context of Christ, when we talk about surrender within the context of Christ, it is admitting that his way is better. It isn't giving up, it's giving over. It isn't giving up, it's giving over. It's handing all of our life over to God and saying, your way is better. What I'd love to do this week is look at areas where we can surrender that control, knowing that his way is ultimately the best decision that we can ever make. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, we know that in all things, sorry, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, right? So if his way is better, we have to ask ourselves the question, do we actually believe that statement to be true? I think that we all like to believe that we're willing to, to, as the old phrase goes, like, let go and let God. I don't know if you experienced that ever, but but uh, that that was something that I remember like some older women in the church would always say to me in our high school ministry. They were just like church grandmas, and that was like their answer for everything. Let go and let God. And I was like, man, that's so cheesy. There is incredible foundational truth to letting go and letting God. But it's so much easier said than done, right? Just let go. Just let go of it and just let God be in control. Like that is – the, the, the crux of the statement, and it's like, man, I wish it was that easy, right? What we have to determine is on a deep introspective level, on a soul level, are we actually willing to believe that God is trustworthy? Are we willing to believe that God is trustworthy? And here's why. You can't really follow someone that you don't trust. 
you can't follow someone that you don't trust. At least if you're following, it's not going to be wholeheartedly like Jesus calls us to follow him. Our view of God, our view of Jesus is vital. Because if we don't believe him to be trustworthy, then we will not be willing to surrender control. But if we believe that God is who he said he is, if we believe that Jesus is who he said he is, we should be willing to to hand over the parts of our lives, even the hard parts, and give him control. I always think about the story of Peter walking on water. Jesus is walking on water towards the boat with the disciples on it. And Peter calls out to Jesus and says, Jesus, invite me out on the water and I'll walk to you. And Jesus says, okay, like do that. And Peter gets out of the boat. This normal human dude gets out of the boat, starts walking on water towards Jesus. He starts to see the wind and the waves and he, he loses his focus on Jesus and he begins to sink. But the reason that Peter got out of the boat in the first place is because Jesus has, had proven himself to be trustworthy. That, that Peter believed that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. And because of that, he was willing to get out of the boat and risk his life by standing on water and walking towards his Savior. Like that is incredible that, that Peter's posture was one of trust. We must be willing to do the same thing because Peter let go of control because he believed that he was walking towards the one who ultimately was in control. But even in that, Peter starts to think sink because his faith was human and it was fallible and it was imperfect, just like all of ours. There are going to be moments where we start to sink, but we still have to understand that in the moment that Peter started to sink, Jesus reached down, grabbed him and pulled him up immediately. You see, Jesus is trustworthy. What we have to, to come to understand is that surrender is simultaneously tied to two things. One, to our willingness to let go, and two, to our belief of whether or not Jesus will actually do something significant with the surrender, with the letting go. If we let go, is it all going to work out? And if we let go, is God going to do something with that surrender? I, I think that my answer for my life is absolutely Yes. Every season of my life where I have decided to let go, to, to release control, life has gotten better. That Jesus has done something significant. It hasn't always gone the way that I thought it would go, but Jesus has done something significant through my life and so many of the people that I know through their willingness to hand over control. This, this idea of handing over control <clears throat> is kind of one of the reasons why I struggle with the verbiage of inviting Jesus into your heart when it comes to talking about salvation. It kind of strikes me as like allowing God to come in and get comfortable. And I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying that like we should never say that because like we do want God to take up residence in our, in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, all of those things. But it just seems like too easy. Like just invite Jesus into your heart. And it's like really sweet. But I think that what we should be saying is we're going to surrender our life to God. That surrendering our life to Christ seems more appropriate because the invitation is more like, God, like, come do whatever you need to do with my life. It is yours. You gave it to me. Now I want to give it back to you. Like, you blessed me with the life that I live. Now I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to place it at your feet and trust that you're going to do the best thing with it. Like, that is surrender. That is surrender of control. And I think that that is when we will experience salvation in a way that, that maybe we wouldn't if our perspective wasn't rooted in surrender because it's not just like making room for God. It's giving him everything. Like it's not inviting God in your heart. If it's anything, it has given him the the whole house, right? It's not just like your heart's not the living room of, of, of your body. Like it is the, here's the mortgage. Like you, you can have everything like you, you can have all of the thing. I'm giving everything to you do with it, what you see fit because surrendering is and should be 
a, a decision of totality, that we are surrendering our very being to God, and that he would hopefully invade every square inch of our lives. So surrendering is, control is the umbrella that everything else that we're going to talk about falls under. I want to look at a couple things that we can surrender specifically. First, we need to call, we're called to surrender worry. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We are we're a worried and anxious world. There's no denying that. Many of us have a habit of finding the worst case scenario. A lot of that can come from the dynamic of control. We become worried and we become anxious when we realize just how much of our lives are actually out of our control. But our posture towards that will change everything. Because when we live in fear of the truth that there are so many things in our life that are out of control, it leads to worry and anxiety and strife. But when we live in confidence of the truth that, yes, we are not in control, but he is, it leads to peace. I'm not saying that it will lead to, to perfection. I'm not saying that it will lead to the perfect life, but I will confidently say that it will lead to a peaceful one. Andrew McLaren says, peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but from the presence of God. And what we're not, what we're looking for is not a, a perfect life, but a life that is saturated with the presence of God. That when we surrender our worries willingly and we invite God into every aspect of our lives, we will arrive at a place of peace much sooner. So if if we need to, to do anything, we need to surrender our minds, surrender our worries, sur- surrender our anxieties and say, yeah, I am not in control. And life is hectic, but God is absolutely in control. Luke chapter 12, verses 25 through 28. 28. This is Jesus speaking. And I think it's a really poignant, uh, it's Jesus speaking, so obviously it's poignant, but it's such a beautiful picture of what how Jesus wants us to think. Jesus says, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, O you of little faith? He wanted them to know, like, it's not going to do you any good to worry. But that's only if you understand that God is in control. Are we willing to consider this? The fact that the creator of all things, the wildflowers, the birds in the air, the stars in the sky, the one who who created all of it is willing to camp in our mess with us. He's with us. If we truly believe that, if we anchor to that truth, that will bring so much peace to our life. It will not bring perfection. Like we said at the beginning, there will be trials of many kind. But he controls everything. He is with us to the very end of the age. We must be people that understand if we want peace, we must surrender our worry. Secondly, we need to surrender our relationships. Obviously, all of these different elements that we're going to talk about are really difficult, but surrendering our human relationships is tough. We want to orchestrate and control our relationships so bad. It doesn't matter if they're family relationships, friendships, or romantic relationships. We like to feel like we are steering the ship. But how often does that actually happen? When you put multiple people in relationship with one another, like there are just so many dynamics that is so out of control. It is not something that you can just be like, okay, like I'm steering this ship the way that like you can, we can not even really steer our own ship. Like, how are we going to put somebody else on the ship? 
or tether two ships together and be like, yep, we're going to take this in the same direction. Like it is difficult and it is complicated work. We have to understand that like scripture says we're two or more gathered in my name, like there I will be. But also like where two or more are gathered, there will be complication because we're human and broken and fallible. And there's going to be complications in our relationships. Humans are going to human. And even the best relationships will, with, will have trouble in conflict. And because of that, this is a fantastic area to surrender to Christ. Like if we understand the complications of relationship, which I think that we all do, it doesn't matter if we've been in a romantic relationship. It doesn't matter if it's family or friends or whatever. All of those relationships are complicated. Thus, we need Jesus in the middle of our relationships. We, we should be people who truly petition the king to be involved in those human relationships. He wants to be in those relationships. There's so many stories about relationships throughout scripture, but one of my favorite examples of surrender in this area is Abraham and Isaac. If you're not familiar with, with the story of Abraham and Isaac, I'll give the Spark Notes version. God promises Abraham a child. Abraham then we, waits literally a hundred years for this promise to be fulfilled. So for those of you who are like, I've been waiting so long for a, a relationship. Like, no, you haven't. Nobody's been waiting a hundred years. Like Abraham, even, even if it, we like go on the low end and Abraham waits like 75 years, none of us have been waiting 75 years to get the relationship that we want. He, he waits for a hundred years to have a child. Then God fulfills that promise and he has Isaac. And then not long after, God asks him to sacrifice Isaac on an altar and Abraham goes to do it. That the, I, can't, I can't imagine the frustration and anger and confusion that Abraham felt in that moment. That God would be like, you know this, this father-son relationship that you have wanted for so long? I'm so glad you got it for a short period of time. Now I want you to sacrifice it. Now I want you to place it on the altar and give it back. And Abraham does. He's obedient. This is wild, crazy obedience. And God stops him and says, thanks for your obedience. He's like, instead, I've given you this ram. And there's a ram caught in the thicket. And so instead, together, Abraham and Isaac sacrifice a ram unto the Lord. This is an extreme example. But the father-son relationship is what Abraham had wanted for so long, for the better part of a century, and yet he was willing to literally surrender it on the altar. And some of us have been asking for health in a relationship or we've been asking for a new relationship for a really long time. My question is this. Are we willing to lay that desire on the altar and trust that God is going to do what is best for us? That instead of pushing and striving to get the thing that we want where we say like no lord i'm going to surrender this relationship to you or i'm going to surrender my my desire for relationship and trust that you will do what is best that you will provide what i need it might not look like what i want but it will always be what i need and again i think it's important that surrendering control always comes back to a trust issue abraham trust god he believed that god was a promise keeper so he's like, if this is what God wants me to do, I'm going to do it because I believe that he is trustworthy. Our perspective of God matters. Next, we need to be people who are willing to surrender our resources. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. I think it's important that this conversation has to be about more than money. Our perspective has to expand when we think about surrendering the resources that have been given to us. Yes, money, but also time and talent and gifts and other things. It's important to point out the why here. You see, the what is keeping our lives free from the love of resources. But the why, the why is because never, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Like That's what he says. Never will I leave you or abandon you. 
So we're called to free from the love of money, free from, flee from the, the love of resources. But we can do that because we can trust that God will never leave us or abandon us. So we can live open-handed because we never have to worry, worry whether or not God is walking with us. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to live in poverty or give away every waking hour of our day or ounce of our energy. It just means that we don't have to hesitate to give of ourselves. It's out of the overflow of our hearts that we are able to give. We, get out of, we give out of all the things that we have been given. So as God gives us healthy relationship, as God gives us finances, as God gives us time or talents or gifts or whatever, it's because of those things we say, yeah, like I'm going to be generous with what I have. If we wait, if we wait until we have like this like obvious excess of something to give, we never will because we'll always want more because our humanity is broken. If you're like, once my bank account hits you know, this amount of money, then I'm going to be super generous. But like, no, it's out of the little that we're generous and it's out of the much that we're generous because it's so incredibly important to understand that our resources, again, are not limited to our bank account because you might not have much money to be generous with, but you could be in a place where you have an abundance of time to be generous with the people around you or a skill that could benefit others. Maybe all you have, maybe you're just like an incredible barista and you can make somebody a, a amazing cup of coffee. Can I tell you something? First of all, thank you so much. You're a gift. But also that gift, that gift that you have is something holy that you can dedicate unto the Lord and say, yeah, I'm going to be generous with, with what I've been given. I'm going to be generous with my time, my gifts, my talents, and with my finances and other resources because God is generous. One of our, our core values around here is God is generous, so we are too. And that goes so much further than money, that we would be people who surrender the resources, the gifts, the talents, all of those things that we have been given to further the kingdom of God and make sure that people know that they are so loved and so valued by us and by their creator. Lastly, we're called to surrender the future. We may think that we know what the future holds. There's some of us who are like planners. And so you're like, I know what the next 15 years of my life looks like. Some of us are like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. But I want to speak specific, specifically to those who think that they have the next 15 years of their life planned out. No, you don't. I'm not saying that what you're planning is wrong. I'm not saying that it's not a great idea to, to, to have some kind of uh, idea and, and path for your life. But life is not in our control. So we need to surrender our future. I want to wrap the, the message and, and honestly the series with this is that we are called to make an exchange. And that exchange is this. Our dreams for his plans. We're called to exchange our dreams for his plan. And first and foremost, I'd like to say this. Your dreams, my dreams, might be his plans. Man, we might just be in sync with the Father and might know exactly what he wants us to do. But maybe not. We need to be people who prayerfully step in and ask God to be a part of our plans, part of our dreams. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. That's not saying that we don't have free will, but it does mean that if we want to have the life that God promises, we have to be rooted and established in him. Psalm chapter 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, it, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. This is the truth. Unless he's a part of the plan, it's not what it could be. I'm not saying that if you don't involve God in your plan, that your life is going to be terrible and it's all going to fall apart. Like that's, that's not what I'm trying to communicate. There are plenty of people who don't have a relationship with Jesus who have good lives, who, who their lives have gone according to their plan. And they would probably indicate that they're pretty happy, but I'll say this. It will never be without God. It will never be what it could be. And it might not be as flashy. It might be a lot more meek, 
but it will be so much more fulfilling, saturated with the presence of God. That we are called to be people who invite Jesus into the process, that he wants to be a part of our process. If he's not a part of building the house, us, the builders, we're going to labor over it in vain. So would we be people who involve God? Would we be people who, who truly seek out what he wants for our lives and understand that what he wants truly is best? So let's be people who live in a way that communicates a life surrendered and fight the desire to be in control, that we would exchange control for surrender. Let that be true of our resources, our relationships, our mindsets, because submission to the will of God will simultaneously help us be on mission with him. And we want to be people who are on mission for the kingdom, to let every person that we know that they are loved, that they are forgiven, that they are valued right where they're at. That's a mission that I think we all want to be a part of. So let's surrender control and watch God do something incredible with our lives. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.